your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Richard Morin here with you, of course, on this beautiful Tuesday. Today's episode brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Now today, we're going to be getting into Taylor Hall. That's right, the once Coyotes winger turned, uh, wait, hold on, let me check my notes here, Buffalo Sabre? Yes, Taylor Hall signing a one-year deal with the Buffalo Sabres for the 2020-2021 season. This was a bit of a surprise, not only to me, but I'm sure to you, and as I'm sure to uh, everybody else around, uh, you know, the hockey world as well, Taylor Hall Signing a short-term deal, which was not something that he really wanted to do, by all accounts. And every interview we did with Taylor Hall, every single sort of interaction we had with him and with his agent, really seemed like he wanted to gun for that long-term deal. And look, I think things changed, and you know, there's no denying that, right? Obviously, the pandemic affected a lot of things. Uh, most of all, made every team have a flat cap for next season, so the salary cap not moving from the $81.5 million number it was in 2019-20 will be the same for teams uh, in 2020-2021. Teams will not be able to exceed that 81.5 limit, does not increase uh, essentially like it usually does. So perhaps that affected Taylor Hall's plans and Darren Ferris's plans for his client, Taylor Hall. Maybe a little bit more difficult to envision Taylor getting uh, the deal that Darren thinks he deserves. So, hey, why not sign a short-term deal, bridge deal, uh, approve it, one-year deal, and, you know, then bridge that into a, you know, kind of blockbuster-type deal the following year. Okay, you know, you can understand that logic, right? But um, why Buffalo? Why Buffalo? What are you going to prove in Buffalo? You know, Buffalo, this is not a cup contender. This is probably not even a playoff team. They play in an extremely tough division. The Bruins are still better than them. The Lightning are still better than them. I mean, they're not a team that is really looking to go anywhere. I mean, I would even say Toronto is probably better than them, right? So you're going to finish in fourth place, and what are you proving then? Because Taylor Hall, at this point in his career, has done everything except for win. So you go to a non-winning team, you know, where's that part of the logic? You know, there's no doubt that Taylor Hall is going to put up massive points, maybe even uh, exceeding his point total from his heart-winning year in New Jersey, playing alongside Jack Eichel and Victor Olofsson, right? I mean, there's no denying that, but what else is there for you to do there? We, We know you can, Taylor, we know you can put up points. We know that. Like, your whole career, you've put up points. Like, that's great. We know you can do that. We know what you can do in terms of point production. What we don't know you can do is win. And guess what? I know the Coyotes weren't that great this year, but you had a chance to do that this year. You had a chance to turn up your game a notch and prove something to people uh, during these playoffs. And you, you know what? You didn't really turn it up a notch. You played fine. You pulled your weight. That's fine. Uh, but for a player of your caliber, 
if you are trying to make an impact and really prove something to people, you got to turn it up a notch in the playoffs. And guess what? Sometimes you got to drag your team across the finish line. And I uh, didn't really get that from Taylor this year. Didn't really get that in big games from him. And now he's going to a team where he's certainly not going to be doing that, right? He's not the best player on his team like he was in Arizona. Jack Eichel is undoubtedly the best player on that team. I would say he's probably the second best player on that team. I think he's better than Jeff Skinner. I think he's probably better than Rosmus Dalin at this point in his career, right? There are some good players on that team. I think Taylor is probably the second best player, certainly the second most dynamic player. Um, but still, like, this team is not going anywhere. I mean, the top six is pretty good, right? You got a top line that's probably Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel and Victor Olofsson. A second line that's Jeff Skinner and Eric Stahl, I guess, would be your second line center. And then Sam Reinhart. So top six, not bad. It's not bad. You know, you go on the defense. Rasmus Ristolainen. Little up and down, but still a good player. Rasmus Dalin, of course, is a developing defenseman. But, um, you know, what are you doing in goal, right? We have Carter Hutton and Linus Ulmark. You know, where's that going to take you? You know, uh, it's just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why Taylor would want to do this, I guess. It, it's more, you understand the logic in terms of points, and that's great. But wouldn't you prove yourself a little bit more if you were winning? If you could go on a winning team and prove that you can perform in the playoffs? I mean, is it really all about ice time? And is it really all about points for Taylor Hall when talking to him during this uh, season with the Coyotes, he said over and over and over again in both group interviews and one-on-one interviews that I conducted with Taylor that the most important thing for him by far was winning. So why Buffalo? Why not a contender? I find it hard to believe that, you know, a contending team was not willing to offer a one-year $8 million deal, which is the contract he signed to play the 2020-2021 season with the Buffalo Sabres. You know, it just kind of baffles me. So, you know, I just, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, But we're going to try and sort this thing out. Uh, After these words here, we'll talk about maybe some of the teams that, maybe should have been in on Taylor Hall. We'll talk about maybe a little bit more into the logic of why Taylor wanted to do this and how this all relates to the Coyotes. Why couldn't the Coyotes do this? Or did they even want to? We'll be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for other important things like the mortgage, or even food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same amount of parts at a chain store or a new car dealership, right? I mean, look, there's one example. Look at this. There's a fuel pump for a 2005 to 10 Honda Odyssey, right? $353.99, you know, at at a big chain store, right? RockAuto.com, $216.79. That's right. Going from $354 to just over $216. I mean, you can't Beat those savings. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Let me tell you about the leading energy gel on the market, guys. It's called Built Go, and it will let you break through your wall, a physical wall, a mental wall, emotional wall, whatever. Ever, okay, it's the healthy replacement for your energy drink, 
but the energy isn't fake, it's lasting, and it's natural, okay? Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every single day. It's the best workout gel on the market, like 5-Hour Energy, really, without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's better for the body, like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine, but better results, okay? Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, Chocolate coconut and my favorite, chocolate mint. Combines energy gel with collagen proteins. Fast absorbing. Gets into the system fast and it's easy on the stomach. Loaded with good stuff, okay? B3s, honeys, B6s, B12s. All right, and you know what? The collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you can get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, and we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're talking Taylor Hall. And uh, before we get going on maybe some other teams that should have been maybe in on the Taylor Hall sweepstakes, let's talk about the Coyotes, right? Let's talk about the Coyotes. Is this a deal the Coyotes could have done? I mean, I think when we were all sort of spitballing what a Taylor Hall contract could look like, with the Coyotes, we're thinking, yeah, maybe $9 million, $10 million, $11 million, you know, by seven years, six years, right? Maybe even eight years because the Coyotes were the only team that could offer an eight-year deal to Taylor Hall because they were the team that had him at the most recent trade deadline. And that's the language spelled out in the collective bargaining agreement. But it didn't go that way, did it? He's in Buffalo. One year, $8 million. Could the Coyotes have afforded that? Well, I'll tell you right now, the way things are looking right now, as we speak here on Tuesday, uh, October 13th, okay, as things stand out right now, Coyotes have about $1.8 million in cap space after the deals for Tyler Pitlick and Dryden Hunt and John Hayden, right? This is what they are at right now. And Johan Larson, I should mention him as well. Now, that $1.8 million number is based on or contingent upon Christian Fisher, uh, signing his qualifying offer, which he has not done yet as of Tuesday, that number uh, would be $874,125. That would be Christian Fisher's salary if he accepted the qualifying offer uh, given to him by the Coyotes. Now, that also includes Aiden Hill's $800,000 salary because he's on a one-way deal, so most likely the Coyotes would want to uh, you know, carry him on the roster. Of course, that gives them three goalies. So there's another, uh, you know, more moves could be coming, but I'm just telling you where things stand right now. So that's kind of what we have. And guys, that's after Marion Hosa. Yes, Marion Hosa is put on long-term injured reserve, which of course he will be the final year of that contract that John Chica acquired uh, in a previous deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's even after Hose's deal has moved to LTIR, you add in Fisher's deal and Hill's deal, and you have about $1.8 million in cap space right now if you're the Coyotes. Now, of course, you can go over the cap um, you know, until before the season starts. So if you were to sign Taylor Hall, maybe you, you trade out Alex Galagoski, you trade out somebody else, maybe you can afford Taylor Hall. Maybe if you had been able to trade Oliver Ekman Larson before his deadline last Friday to either the Boston Bruins, a team we'll get to a little bit later, or the Vancouver Canucks, maybe you could have afforded to sign Taylor Hall. But is he even the right guy for this team? It's a subject we've broached before on the podcast. You know, where are the Coyotes really going this year? Yeah, are they really a team that's going to make noise? Honestly? I mean, we saw just how outmatched this team got. Maybe it's best for them to just move on. You know, and I know that re-signing Taylor Hall obviously would have cost them a little bit more in draft capital that they now have to give to the New Jersey Devils still next for next year. But 
at the same time, it's hard to pinpoint, isn't it? Because would he have helped this team? Of course. He's Taylor Hall. He's a good player. Of course he would have helped this team. But is it really prudent for the Coyotes? Taylor Hall is kind of a guy that you acquire when you want to go over the top. He's a guy that puts you over the top. Now, of course, he's not doing that for Buffalo, but you know that's a separate issue. I think we kind of covered that in the first segment about a lot of reasons why this deal doesn't make sense, honestly, for either side. But still, I think it does go to show that the Coyotes really don't need him right now. You know, they need a top center. They need to build young. They need young players to come through their system and develop and play very well. And then you add the Taylor Halls later. Now, that's not to say it was a bad move for the Coyotes to add Taylor Hall. In fact, I remember pretty much every Coyotes fan being pretty excited about that deal. Now, in retrospect, it's easy to look back. You know, hindsight being 2020, it's easy to look back and say, oh man, that was a really dumb deal. It's really rushed, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, you were in first place. Do you not remember that you were in first place on all the way until January 15th? You were a first place team when you acquired Taylor Hall. You had the best performing goaltender on the planet in Darcy Kemper. And three games after you acquired Taylor Hall, Darcy Kemper got hurt, your best player. And you fell off. You fell off. And Taylor pulled his weight the entire year. That's not to say he could have done more. Of course he could have done more. But he pulled his weight. You look at the Clayton Kellers, who Keller just went totally belly up for large stretches of that season. Oliver Ekman Larson just getting nothing out of him at points, right? A lot of mistakes, unexplainable mistakes from key guys, right? So this is why you fell off. Was it because of Taylor Hall? It wasn't, and, and the reason you don't have any draft picks is not necessarily because of Taylor Hall. It's part of the reason. But it's other reasons, too. It's the draft, uh, you know, the issues with, you know, combine, uh, you know, violating the combine testing uh, protocols. You know, that that's a bigger reason than Taylor Hall that you don't have a lot of picks. So, anyway, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but my point is Taylor's not a good fit. And, honestly, you probably can't afford him, right? Like, $1.8 million, you know, I mean... That's not a whole lot of cap space for a team that's really not expected to compete a whole, for a whole lot this year. Now more moves could be coming. You could move out some some salary. You can move out, uh, you know, Galagoski we mentioned, Stepan's contract, uh, Demers, right? Maybe Ronta or even if you want to get a lot of value back, maybe even Darcy Kemper. And we're going to be talking about a potential deal that a listener uh, on Twitter mentioned to me about the Buffalo Sabres and Let's talk about some other contenders that maybe should have been in on that Taylor Hall deal right after this. All right, we are back here on Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for joining us here on this beautiful Tuesday. We're talking, of course, about Taylor Hall, who over the weekend signed a one-year, $8 million deal with the Buffalo Sabres. Yes, the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I had one listener point this out to me on Twitter. This was in response to my tweet, and I mentioned this in the last segment, about how the Coyotes only have about $1.8 million in cap space when you factor in the Fisher and Hill contracts and after you place Marion Hosa on LTIR, right? And I had a listener give me this interesting tweet, and he was throwing out a trade scenario, and I know. Like, a lot of fan trade scenarios on Twitter are kind of far-fetched, right? And not the Pokemon. They're pretty far-fetched. But this one actually kind of struck me a little bit, so I'm going to read it to you, and you know we're going to give it a little bit of discussion here on the pod today. So this from at Greg, M-I-E-L, 
on Twitter. He writes, Okay, so Obvi Buffalo is all in. Who says no to this? Kemper and either Goligoski or Stepan to Buffalo for Dylan Cousins. You'll remember he was a top pick in the, uh, I believe it was last year's NHL draft. He's a big-bodied centerman, but, you know, definitely Buffalo's best prospect, right? Big centerman. He continues, Gets us another young center with Hayton. We retain some money on one of the deals. Gives Eichel better players and solves our cap and payroll issue. And I wrote back, I don't hate it, actually. <laughs> Might have to break this one down on the pod this week. And so we are. We're going to break it down a little bit. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because, look, you know, I know trading Darcy Kemper is a little bit of a tricky subject for Coyotes fans. But, you know, when we had Matt Lehman on the pod, he basically told us that the Coyotes have to trade Darcy Kemper. They have to. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I buy that, but I think that's an opinion some people have, that if you're not going to compete this year, why are you sitting on this crazy good asset? I mean, Kemper is making almost nothing compared to what his performance has been, and he's under contract for two years. Why are you not shopping this like it's hot and getting anything you can get back in return? Obviously, Dylan Cousins would just be a dream scenario for Coyotes fans. You, That might be your future number one center. I mean, Look, maybe it's still Hayton. Maybe it's not Dylan Cousins, but, I mean, that's a really good center prospect, right? He's a big body. You know, he's a guy who could develop um, a good shot, you know, everything like that, right? So, would, but would Buffalo do that? And the, I think the part of the trade that I'm kind of taking issue with here is, is Buffalo all in? Like, are they? Does Kemper, would, would Kemper make them a legitimate contender? I don't know. I'm not so sure, you know? I don't think Buffalo's all in, and I understand why fans kind of think that Buffalo might be all in, because why else would you acquire Taylor Hall if you weren't all in? But I really don't think they are all in. And if, well, if they are, then I think they're kind of fooling themselves the way the Coyotes might have fooled themselves last year by going for Taylor Hall and and thinking they were all in, right? They might think they have the right group and then come playoff time, you know, first round, they're like, oh yeah, we do not have the right group. Maybe Buffalo goes down that same road. Maybe not. You know, maybe they just took a flyer on Taylor Hall to, uh, you know, maybe see where they were at next year. I don't hate this deal for Buffalo because... If Hall comes in, plays super well, and the team takes a big step forward this year, maybe Taylor wants to stay in Buffalo. He, you know, he lives pretty close to Toronto, so maybe he wouldn't mind staying in Buffalo long-term. And maybe if Buffalo takes those steps forward, you know, look, you have one of the best centers in the game. Maybe Taylor would stay, right? So I think that's the biggest issue is is this concept that, oh, Buffalo's all in, so they're going to go after this guy and this guy and this guy. That might be true, but it also might not be true. I don't think the two things have to be mutually exclusive, right? Like Buffalo can get Taylor Hall and it be a good deal without Buffalo being all in. You know, I think it's it makes more sense for Buffalo than it does for Taylor Hall. And I'll kind of explain why, because I look at other teams like the Boston Bruins and I'm like, why didn't you offer a year and eight million or a year and 8.5. Wouldn't that be perfect for you? You have an aging core. You're running out of window desperately. And Taylor Hall, this would be not only great for the Bruins because they'd get a crazy good top six winger to that might even put them over the top. But I think the other thing to consider is it would be great for Taylor. 
I mean, you're play, you finally have a chance to compete for a cup and prove to people that you can elevate your game in the playoffs and perform in big game situations, right? Win-win. So why didn't it get done? So why did he end up in Buffalo, right? These are the questions. So who's to say the Bruins didn't or other contenders didn't throw that kind of money at Taylor Hall for a one-year deal? Maybe Taylor is just so that much obsessed with putting up those points and playing next to Eichel and getting those minutes that to him, that was way more important than competing for a Stanley Cup. And if so, I think that is a huge mistake for Taylor Hall. And look, I don't want to get Taylor Hall. I don't want to, you know, sort of disparage Taylor for something that I'm not even sure he did or a mistake that I'm not even sure he made. But if that indeed was Taylor's line of thinking, I think that is extremely misguided. I think it should be way more of a priority for Taylor to uh, go after a cup and to win and prove to teams that he can win and perform in big games than it is for him to sit next to Eichel, put up 100 points, and lose every night, right? So uh, it's it's a, it's a there's a lot to unpack here, and I know we kind of hit on a bunch of different things, but there's still a lot that I don't really understand about this deal. There's a lot that I do understand about it, and I think it gives further clarity that maybe winning... Maybe that was all smoke. Maybe Taylor was just blowing smoke with all this, you know, winning is a priority thing. Or maybe his priorities changed because of the pandemic. I think both things could probably be true. But that is all the time we have here on this Tuesday edition of Locked on Coyotes. Uh, Thanks again, guys, so much for joining us here on the relaunch of Locked on Coyotes. This is our second full week of podcasts since relaunching. So having a bunch of fun with it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, see you.